Oh, yeah, it's fun. You know, if you're into, you know, nautical history, you know, the 1800 time period. They're just three amigos making their way in the crazy old world of software as a service. Welcome to FounderQuest. So how was your trip, Ben? My trip was good. Yeah, I went down to Mobile, visited my parents for a few days. I actually went over to uh, Louisiana as well and saw my brother and sister. So it was a good time. Got a lot of uh, reading in. You know, it's a kind of a long uh, trip. And uh, so I got some, some books done. You know, Kindle makes everything wonderful. So yeah, had a good relaxing few days. It's a nice little vacation. Uh, did you eat some, some crawfish? No, but I did have some fried catfish. So, okay. Mm. That counts. Yeah, that counts. I love fried catfish. It's the only way to eat catfish. Been a long time since I had some. That is true. Do people (laughs) people eat catfish any other way? Oh, of course. Really? You know, it's kind of like Forrest Gump, you know? Boiled shrimp. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Boiled (laughs) boiled catfish, though. I don't know. (laughs) I think I'll stick with fried. Yeah. So, today we're going to be talking about backlogs. We're kind of late to the party. This was on Twitter like a long time ago. And then we all went on vacation. And then I think we're trying to hit the sort of like rebound cycle where everything old becomes new again and people are sort of into vintage tweets. So we're going to talk about this. So what's, could somebody explain to me like this whole thing about backlogs and why everybody was talking about it? Yeah, I think there was, you know, well, the issue of backlogs is when you have a whole bunch of stuff that you've thought about doing at some point. And so you kind of log it, right? We use GitHub for that, but you know, you can use whatever, like Trello or Clubhouse or something. And basically, like any idea that you have, people like to throw those in a, in a big bucket and say, yeah, we'll get to that someday. So you create this big backlog of, of work that you want to do or that you think at some point was worth doing. And uh, the conversation on Twitter was like, there was some anxiety about this issue. Like, I've got this big backlog and I feel like, oh, I've got all this work to do and I'll never get it all done. And uh, what was me kind of thing. And then someone like said, oh, I will, uh, I'll start a service. I'll charge you $10,000 and I'll come in and just delete your backlog and you feel, you'll feel so much better, you know? So we got a request from Justin. He said, yeah, the founder quest guy, I should definitely talk about this because mm-hmm. opinions. And of course we have opinions. So uh, here we are. So remind oh, yeah. me, did, did we hire that guy to, to come in? <laughs> <laughs> well, no. And uh, because my opinion is I like backlogs. We can talk yeah. about that. <laughs> well, this is, can I read the quote? Please. There's a quote in this tweet and it's from Jason Freed, who is, seems like a decent guy. I don't know. I'm not going to go into a big tangent about hero worship in the sort of small bootstrap, whatever. So he says, we don't believe in backlogs. Backlogs make you feel guilty. So I don't like feeling guilty. I would say you backlogs give you the opportunity to choose to feel guilty. They don't make you feel guilty. Maybe that's splitting semantic hairs. I don't know. I like it. It's a very, it's a very, very stoic worldview. It, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. It's very like, it's like everything. Res- everything is in your perception, right, Ben? <laughs> exactly. exactly. Well, I mean, yeah. Like like a backlog can't make me feel a certain way. I'm, I'm the owner of my emotions. <laughs> exactly. I say that so much. And that's my little, my little mantra throughout the day. It's yeah. like, I'm the owner of my emotions. <laughs> say, say it through my tears. <laughs> yeah. I, I could see how you might want to say that pretty frequently when you have a three-year-old in the house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, she is maybe I'm the emo- owner of my emotions, but I feel like she's definitely like subletting them to a certain degree. So, mm-hmm. you know, we could start a new acronym. OME, right? Owner of my emotions. 
and have like little little yellow wristbands. There you so, go. Yeah, that's <laughs> a great idea. So how big is our backlog? Like we've got... Mm, got a couple hundred things in there. A couple hundred things? Or Where do these come from? Oh, you know, a lot of them are feature requests. So we'll get someone say, oh, it'd be nice if fill in the blank. And so we'll say, oh, that's a good idea. We'll, we'll think about that. And so we toss it into GitHub and basically go on our way. You know, we don't really jump on most feature requests. We just kind of file them away and, and keep them and let them percolate. And if, and if it bubbles up, you know, if a lot of people start wanting that or someday we feel like, hey, that's interesting. Let's think about that some more. Um, then we'll come back to that. So that's a good chunk of our backlog. But also we have things like internal, I guess, feature requests. Like, oh, it would be great if, from our point of view, if we did X, Y, or Z. So like one that's, that we've had for about a year now is dark mode, right? Like when iOS 13 was you know, first announced and they talked about dark mode, I was like, oh, it'd be really cool if we had dark mode and you know, Safari was going to support it and it showed up in a technology preview. And, and so I filed a, an issue in GitHub saying, hey, let's, let's look at implementing dark mode. And then we did basically nothing on it for like 10 months. <laughs> Are we going to do that now? I thought I saw Kevin yeah. looking into that or something. Yeah, yeah he's exactly. working on it right now. Yeah. Oh, cool. So, but, you know, over those 10 months, like people would post blog posts about, here's how I did dark mode support, you know, and detected Safari in dark mode and blah, blah, blah. And so uh -huh. I, I would add those as comments to the issue, right? And so like kind of paving the way for it to get done, should we ever decide to get around doing it? And then, you know, Kevin's one day like, Oh, it'd be kind of nice if we had dark mode. And I'm like, well, here's the issue. Take it. <laughs> and uh, yeah. So I did, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of handy. It's like, what's the difference between a backlog and then sort of accrued customer research? I, I would say that like our approach to backlogs is, I don't know if we take the standard approach either, because like the other place you see a backlog is in like the, uh, you know, like the agile tracker, like Kanban style thing where you have your backlog doing and done type setup and you basically like pull stuff off the backlog when you're done working on what you're when you finish something you pull something off the backlog basically and it's like a stack but we don't do that we don't actually look at our backlog very often which which might be why we can tolerate it like we can yeah i think yeah, I think, right. I think a lot of people might look at that like a like a strict definition of a backlog is something that is going to be done next after you're done doing whatever you're doing now. And uh, yeah, like I said, we don't, we don't do that. We just, I, I like it because we keep it around as if you're kind of bored one day and you're looking for something to do, you can yeah. trawl through the, trawl through the backlog and, and find something interesting. It's like a, like an idea list. Yeah. But I think one thing that's been really helpful about it is, you know, like I said, we file stuff. If someone requests something and we file it away, and then, you know, someone else does and then someone else does. Well, we, we track that, right? We go back to that same issue and we link to our new, you know, that new person that's asking for it. And then when you see a, mm -hmm. a, something come up four or five times, like, hey, this is, there's something here, right? And then the other thing that's nice about that is actually, if you do that, then you know exactly who to go back to and say, hey, we've done it. We had one time, I think, where we went back, like someone had requested something like three years before and we finally got around to doing that thing. Mm -hmm. and, and so we contacted him and he's like, hey, great. Thanks for letting me know. Oh, yeah. I've done that before. And it always feels really good. It's yeah. like, hey, I noticed that you um, suggested this thing 18 months ago. Well, here you go. Yeah. 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 And we, and people we are always to, like, what? What? Huh? <laughs> like, don't even remember. We try to like link up our tickets to um, any issues that result from them. So yeah, cross post with Intercom, we used to, they had a feature that was pretty handy that kind of took care of that for you. But Help Scout needs to get on that. I guess we can make some sort of 
I don't know, client side widget that could do that. But yeah, yeah, there are there. I've seen services as well that that are like made for that purpose. But we just use a GitHub issues has been pretty good for our purpose since since it's really just kind of like a just a bucket we dump stuff in and and then just never revisit. And so do you do you fellows ever go through the bucket and like go throw stuff away? I've never really gone through and just deleted stuff because I don't know like what what y'all are planning on using. But like if I've been working on a feature and then I see a an old ticket in the backlog relating to something that maybe is no longer necessary because of work I did, I'll delete that. But do we ever like sort of go through the whole thing and 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 clean it up? I think I've done that once or twice. I'll go through maybe and say, oh, like I've done that for sure. So I'm like talking about like, oh, that's not necessary anymore. Or, you know, that technology doesn't exist anymore. Like we've had integration requests for third parties. You know, like we have integrations for Clubhouse or for Jira or whatever. And we've had integration requests for, you know, things you ha- may not have heard of. And uh, so we just filed those away. And in some cases, those, those SaaS providers went away. <laughs> So it's like, oh, well, we don't need to worry about that issue anymore and, and close that. But yeah, I've gone through a few times and it's like, oh, well, we're never, we're never going to do this. So we're just going to delete that. Or, or, you know, we've gone in a direction that uh, this doesn't make sense anymore. So just delete that. Yeah, personally, I like, I think I lean towards Jason's opinion on this more than Ben does. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of backlogs. They do stress me out if I think about them too much, which is why I kind of try to, you know, just basically like, dump stuff in there, but ignore it most of the time. And I also like, I like the idea of when you're looking for something new to do, don't just go look at what's on the list and just like pick something. But like the idea of focusing on like, what's like, what's the most relevant and like, what makes sense for the moment for your current, for your users, for your customers, like in the moment, if you just go and like pick the next thing off the backlog, like I, I don't like that approach. Like I like the idea of like working for, for whatever is happening right now. So I think I'm more of a, like a blend. I don't see a problem in like having somewhere to store like ideas long-term. Like it makes sense. Assuming it's not controlling what you do hundred percent. Like it's still, it's useful to know what people have asked for in the past. But yeah, at the same time, like if it's okay to just go and delete your whole backlog, then it's okay to like, just have the backlog, but assume like if it went away someday, like it wouldn't be the end of the world for us. It wouldn't stop. It wouldn't change anything in what we do today or next week or even this year, probably. So it's really not that consequential for us. Yeah. So what if we just like renamed the backlog, like renamed it to ideas or maybe like every year we take it and we take all, it's like people who like put a bunch of junk on their desktop, on their computer. And then like every year you create a new folder, like 2019, and then you like just throw all the junk in there. And yeah, I, the do that, year, I do that with my files. What was it? Somebody posted a tweet or something. It was like every year they create a directory called files and they put all their desktop stuff in that. Then the next year they create another one called files and they put everything in that. So it ends up just being this sort of recursive like files, files, oh, files, files, I, files I, that's, that's <laughs> Yeah. <good. laughs> my, man, my file storage strategy doesn't have recursion. I know, I know. We really need to get with the times, Josh. Like, you know, we started this company like, what, seven years ago with things were just different back then. You should add that to your backlog, Josh. It's a good idea. Yeah. (laughs) But one thing that's also been nice about having that backlog is when when we have requests that come in that aren't the same, but are similar. And one thing that I've 
that's on my mind here is people who ask for had asked for customizations to Jira or GitHub. And the the message that we send, like the thing that we post to their GitHub issue or the title that we use. And we had, I don't know, five or six different requests over time around these same kind of things, but they were all slightly different. It's like one person one person wanted, oh, I want my title to be customized, or I want, you know, X, Y, or Z. And over time, like being able to track these, it's like, oh, this person wanted that and this person wanted that. And if we actually took some time and built something that addressed all those things, that would be useful. All right. So I think that was really helpful. And now we have this nicer system than, than those, you know, minor things, onesie, twosie kind of thing as they came in. So I think it, that, that helps. Yeah. And I think this points to a, a way that our use of GitHub issues and our backlog is kind of different than a lot of companies in that when we create something in, like when we create an issue because the customer requested a feature or whatever, that doesn't mean that we expect it to get done. That just means that we're logging that somebody created, that somebody wanted this. And maybe, maybe we'll decide to do it in the future. Maybe we won't. So it's not really a backlog of like work that has to get done because, I mean, we do have some, some like, we do put our bugs in there and we do have like more urgent stuff in there too, but. And for that reason, yeah, I've, I've thought about actually splitting them up because it would, that, that might help us kind of differentiate between those. But that's that's another topic, maybe. Yeah, well, I mean, so far we've used labels in GitHub for that. Yeah, right? we so use we labels. Have a feature request label, yeah. right? And we have a bug label and a security label, and so the bug and security things get addressed pretty quickly. But those feature requests ones hang out forever. But yeah, maybe it makes sense to to separate yeah. them. Just have a separate repo or something. But I like what you were saying, Josh, about how you know even with all that, all those issues in there, it doesn't really affect our choices day to day, like what I'm going to work on this morning, because we, we have a more proactive approach to our work, right? We think, you know, what would be the most beneficial, you know, for us right now as a company and for our customers right now, as opposed to, oh, what's, you know, all the things that we've ever thought about doing, you know, we, we just, whatever we feel like doing and with the intent that we want to grow the business, we want to make our customers happy. So whatever features or changes that we think that will increase customer happiness, you know, increase retention or increase acquisition. Like those are always our focus areas. We always have that, that goal in mind. I think that's one of the things that's been great about hiring Ben and hiring Kevin is that they were people who we could say, here's, here's a long-term goal. Like here's where we're trying to get, here's our main focus. Our emphasis is retention and acquisition. So whatever you do, whatever you decide to do on a daily basis should forward those goals, should further those goals. And uh, they've been great in being able to, to latch onto that. You know, not everyone has that uh, drive or that initiative. So it's been great that we've been able to have a couple of people join us who are similar to us in that way that can, that can work that way. Yeah, definitely. I don't want to delete our backlog, but I've got to tell you, like, there's something about the idea of just going in and deleting our entire, like all of the GitHub issues that just appeals to me on a deep cellular level. Just clean slave, just wipe out all the issues, wipe out all of our logs all of our financial performance data, <laughs> just like start fresh day one. Oh yeah, totally. I know how you feel. Like there are days I'd like to delete all of our infrastructure and start over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I mean, that's, delete the company. that sounds like, yeah. That's... Can we just shut down all the servers and, <laughs> and start again tomorrow? <laughs> build, build from scratch. Build from scratch. We could do, v, we, we could always do V2. The, the, yes, the V2 that we've always wanted to do. The V2. Yeah. Oh, boys, you guys know how to give me nightmares, don't you? <laughs> One of my favorite things about our backlog from our like customer support 
or customer feature requests as uh, I, it's kind of like a like a last straw effect where if we have a couple customers request something and you know we we like punt on it a few times and then finally like one person will request it and it's like you know that's it okay we're doing it and then we just like we'll just build it and and ship it like you know as soon maybe even that day that's kind of how it works like if we if we get enough requests and we actually happen to feel like doing it maybe at that given moment then we'll just do it <laughs> otherwise it'll sit for however long until until someone feels like doing it yeah so we have like we have three responses basically when a request comes in from a customer so the first response is the first time we get we hear of a feature request and we think our response typically is oh that's a good idea we'll we'll think about that and so that means what we do in the back end is we go create a GitHub issue and we might talk about it amongst ourselves for a bit and then we just kind of let it sit there and, and rest and see what happens. The uh, request type number two is, oh yeah, thanks for suggesting that. We've had other people request that. We'll, we'll consider this a plus one for that. And so we'll go to our GitHub issue and we'll link to that support conversation and say, hey, such and such also wants this thing, right? So there's the plus one. And then that Josh, yeah, you just described the third response. like. Yes, we should totally do this, and uh, it's shipped. Yeah, <laughs> we, we finally built it. <laughs> yeah, you're forgetting response type zero though, which is like some of them is just like, "Thank you so much for giving us your feedback," but honestly, I just can't see us doing this anytime soon. Oh, that's true. We do have yeah. that. That's kind of, that's more rare, but yeah. Sometimes people write in, and it's just like, "Oh, geez, do you like?" They're like, "Okay, so." makes more sense to call like errors faults and to have this grouped under this. So just move this page as a, <laughs> make it a sub tab of this other page. And it's just like, well, maybe if like this was, maybe if we were like starting from scratch, that would be a good idea. But like, you want me to make all of our users mad and angry <laughs> by arbitrarily moving around things in the user interface, just because you want, you want it. So yeah. I'm sorry, we can't do that. It's Most just, people don't like change. Unless they, unless they were the ones that asked for it. Unfortunately, we don't have that, that kind of happen on. I mean, occasionally, occasionally, not, not too often though. Not too often. But then there are those things that never even show up in the backlog because it's just some random idea that one of us has and we just do it. Right. And then all of a sudden you wake up and like, oh, there's a new thing there. <laughs> I mean, we did that, I think more in the past than we do now, but still it happens from time to time. Local editor was that, I think. What's so local random. editor? Local editor is where uh, you can configure in HoneyBadger for each project, you can configure the path of, your, of the project on your local file system. So you got like, you know, your user directory slash code or something where you keep your, pro your GitHub projects to work on. If you configure that in HoneyBadger, then we can show links. We can basically give you links in your backtrace to open the code on your local editor in your computer, like either like GVIM or, or whatever, VS uh, Code, Sublime, we can open it directly from the web app into your local editor to like fix the bug, you know, edit the file and fix the bug. Well, that sounds incredibly convenient. Right? Yeah, I should check out that Hunter product. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess the moral of the story is if you want to try and DDoS Honey Badger, you can send in your feature requests and we will add them to our GitHub. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I don't know. I'm, I'm too, I don't, I don't have the courage to uh, live my convictions, I guess. It would be a fun experiment though. I think you're right, Josh. I think that, you know, there, there wouldn't be anything of, of a huge loss if we wiped it clean. And I guess that gives me the 
I don't choose to be made anxious by our backlog because that is true. Like we just go on doing what we're doing if we didn't have it. Yeah. So maybe one of these days it'll just mysteriously disappear and you guys won't ask too many questions. Um, <laughs> Okay, gotta admit that does make me a little bit anxious. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never know when the moment will strike. <laughs> so Ben, that's a nice backlog you've got there. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be a shame if something happened to it, you know. <laughs> All right, I think maybe we've uh, we've beaten this horse as much as she will take. What do y'all think? Yeah. Anything, more, anything more to add about backlogs? I don't, or should we yeah. call it wrap? Call it wrapped. I think that's a wrap. Yeah, I think we're good. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to Founder Quest. If you like this show, please review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever they're calling it this year and Google Play Store or whatever that is. Whatever the podcast thing you use, just review us, please. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you next week. Bye. ThunderQuest is a weekly podcast by the founders of Honey Badger. Zero instrumentation, 360-degree coverage of errors, outages, and service degradations for your web apps. If you have a web app, you need it. Available at HoneyBadger.io. Want more from the founders? Go to FounderQuestPodcast.com. That's one word. You can access our huge back catalog or sign up for our newsletter to get exclusive VIP content. FounderQuest is available on iTunes, Spotify, and other purveyors of fine podcasts. We'll see you next week.